0: Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Netter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Al Well, I can't remember the last time we had a podcast where we were able to talk about a Newcastle United victory. We have had our first win of the season. It was against Burnley. As I understand it, this is... Uh, how each of us experienced it. Dave, you managed to actually watch the game itself, our first win of the season. Mm -hmm. I missed the entirety of the game and I've only seen the highlights uh, because I was away for a a romantic weekend with uh, my common-law wife. And uh, Paul... uh, you didn't see the game live either, our first and only victory of the season. Why was that, Paul? Well, like a lot of your football fans, I was at an introduction to pottery
1: class. <laughs> 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 Which the annoying thing is now, because I did that and we won, I might have to look into doing one every week. Just <laughs> to try and keep the run going. This is the I have thing. To say-
2: uh, I saw the, the photographs of your pots, and oh. they're pretty good, mate.
0: It's fun. I'm surprised you didn't just make an ashtray. Wow. You sound quite quiet, Paul. Are you hearing that, Dave? You know, you no, good. It, sound, okay. it sounds fine right. to me. It's fine. We'll carry on. That's just that's just pottery shame. That's not a volume. That's just issue. <laughs> all it is. <laughs> that's just because that's just there's... It's because you're sat right now in amongst, <laughs> yeah, in, in amongst three ton of ceramics.
1: But I just thought the only way I'm going to get my hands on any kind of cup as a Newcastle fan is if I can <laughs> it
2: myself. Nice,
0: but it was Beautiful. a birthday
1: present that I couldn't get out of,
0: and it was good. But you, but, uh, you then went ahead and and You manage to stay away from the result and then watch the whole thing. Yeah, the the full ninety minutes.
1: minutes, Which, when it's Newcastle v Burnley, I think that's quite a commitment. Knowing you can fast forward through a Burnley game and still not doing it—that's that feels like more commitment than watching it live.
2: (laughs) Oh, certainly. (laughs) So, um, I thought it was all right. Yeah, I think it was. It was a decent. Like it's two teams at the bottom of the, the table, but it was decent. We we created opportunities certainly in the second half. First half we weren't really at it. And then second half we grew into the game more and more and more. And as, as the game grew stretched. And I think importantly, when was it Cornet, the um the Burnley is Cornet. it Cornet or Cornet? Cornet, when he went off injured, like ninety percent of their attacking threat went with him. Um I thought that allowed us to be a bit more bold with our, you know, in possession. We were really, I thought we were good. I thought, um, I mean, we can go and talk about the individual players. But one thing I really wanted to say is you and I, Fergus, were saying that we thought Lascelles would come back into the team because he's the captain, even though we didn't really think he deserved it on form. But actually, he was really good. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, maybe the the game suited him because it's big and physical. But it was, I thought he played really well. To be fair,
0: fair enough. That's nice to hear. Um, Paul, what were your impressions of the game? I think we
1: were you? we were pretty terrible for the first twenty minutes, but that looked more like nerves than anything else. We couldn't really string passes together, but after that, we looked. Fairly in control. I like The way we were looking for a second as well was quite encouraging. We weren't just, I don't think we're the sort of team who can necessarily predict a one-goal lead for that long. But I think were, the back four looked very decent. Jamal Lewis showed it wasn't just a fluke in the game before. He looks, so far, the last two games has looked better than anything any of our left-backs have done for a long time. Mm. I thought Willock wasn't great, but was better than he has been. It's weird. Attacking wise, it's probably worse than we were against Norwich or Brentford, but we didn't need to be that good because we were just defensively so much more solid. Yeah. I think the caveat yeah, I thought- as well is it was a Burnley team that looked like they are definitely going down. You reckon? Yeah, they were very poor.
2: They were very poor. And. Wherever they go, uh, Tarkovsky and potentially Ben Me. Uh, there's a lot of talking about them leaving the club in in uh, leaving Burnley in January, and wherever they go, like regardless of it's us, if it's to us or not. Um, without them, I mean, Tarkovsky's their their absolute main man, and without them, without him, I think I, I think it's too big of an ask. Especially if Cournee is out for any distance, any length of time.
0: So, I would imagine. Surely those two are going to see out the season. I know the contracts are ending, but they're in a relegation battle. It's much more financially damaging to to go down than to lose a player for no transfer fee. Yeah, I kind of I agree. Those players, that's a pretty mercenary move to move it a club that you've been at for a long time at this stage. It doesn't reflect That's, very well on those players either. If they, if they yeah. were to push for a move in January.
2: I, d- I don't know because I think with it, it's reasonable for players like Tarkovsky and me to, to be um, angling for a move after they've been such a loyal, loyal servants to the club for however long they've been there. I don't know, but for for them to to say, you know, come on, enough's enough. I'm at like Tarkovsky certainly is a top of the tape, like wait, top half wait of, to the end table. of the tape. Way to the end of the season. But what about the like getting into the uh, World Cup squads? What about you know, if if he's got an opportunity to move now, um I don't know like why would he put it on you know, put it on hold for for half not- a season?
1: It's not going to be up to you know the I mean? players, what? though, is it? If you look at it from Burnley's point of view, if they're their best chance of keeping them up, then unless they're offered 120 million quid for the two players, it doesn't financially match what they lose by going down. So they'd be mad to sell them at Christmas. Unless they've got replacements get,
2: lined up. You could get a situation like... um like a Fraser at Bournemouth, where Fraser wanted a move, didn't get it, so then essentially just down tools. And I'm
0: not saying yeah, and that I did not reflect all. well on him as a on him as a player. No, that I mean, was not. Career as has not well, gone very well was, since.
1: He was technically out of contract by then, but it was then the extra games. Oh, yeah, eight I see. Eight-wise, he was out of contract, but there were still more games because of COVID. I mean, oh, was I, a see. Very I Exceptional should, situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then fine. But it it could just be the. You need a motivated and and um, committed Tarkovsky and and me to stay up. And if if they are, if well, they I'm... get suitors in January, where it's like not us. I'm talking like I don't know, like if, if Everton come in for them. Like Everton's Everton are a club that got some very good players. They've got like a a very good manager, and they've got aspirations of certainly aspirations of Europe. Um. If Tarkovsky gets that kind of opportunity in, in January, that could be the last time he gets an opportunity like that. Or well, like Arsenal, re- maybe. Is I a better think
1: reading sure. between the lines, Dave, you want Tarkovsky to come to us. So even though it doesn't make a load of sense, you've decided there's a logical reason why it would happen.
0: Honestly, it's not I'd, gonna, I'd, I'd no just...
1: club is going to go. Oh no, we wanted you at Christmas, but now you're now you literally cost nothing. We're not interested.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like,
2: to be honest, I prefer Sven Botman. Um, well, we've been talking about it. Haven't we? Yeah, I, I like I like Sven Botman, but um, I mean we're getting away from the game. Uh, I wanted to mention Almer Sven Ron.
0: Botman. Sven Botman but, uh, <laughs> sounds like a Harry Enfield uh, porn <laughs> character.
2: <laughs> you
0: guys, because you, you, you didn't, here it comes. It's me, Sven
2: <laughs> Botman. Because you, I you two didn't what? grow up. You didn't like grow up in 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 Newcastle, so you might not know Sven's Books. Sven's Have you heard book? of this? No. Sven's Books was uh, an erotic fiction bookstore in, wow. in the centre of town. Um, right. Yeah, it was quite famous. Well,
0: because it was well, there. You go. Well, fucking, then it's, it's got even more. Um,
1: send him pictures of that instead of the Tyne Bridge. The bridges. <laughs>
2: Sven's books. So, I don't um, know if it, I doubt it's still open because the internet exists. So why would you go into a store to buy porn when, you know? So
0: we've, t- we've sphered away from, we've away from the, uh, <laughs> burn the game. Oh, God. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. We've, uh, <laughs> we've left <laughs> the game for a moment, probably because, primarily because me, the host of the podcast, um, did not see any of it. So I don't really know what questions to ask. Because whilst it was going on, I was um finishing off a craft of Bordeaux on a boulevard.
2: <laughs> how fucking how fucking middle class are you two? One of you's at an introduction to pottery dare you. <laughs> and the other one's sipping sipping a, a Bordeaux on the Seine. Yeah, this that's quite,
0: right. yeah you know, we're both you would miss. never fucking you would never be caught drinking wine by a river. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna miss
1: the Leicester game because we're, we're making a tagine together <laughs> as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so uh is it, what should i be asking before well, we have wanted a break, to... we've both got an opportunity to say uh any final observations well, we should probably talk about the, the goal that, that Go feels on. like Go. a big moment yeah. the goal oh there was a goal was there <laughs> <laughs> yes. the goal
1: i initially worried it was going to get ruled out because var you kind of think any kind of challenge on the goalkeeper does get ruled out but then you look and realise there is no challenge on the keeper he's just done something really thick
2: well it's really it was I think it was on match of the day where um one of the pundits said the further that the goalkeeper gets from the line from his goal line the less like protection he'll get from the referee because it's almost like well what Uh, are you fucking doing out there anyway so it you know if 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 that had happened on the goal line we might not have received the like the uh, the decision wouldn't have gone our way but um, I, I have to say cracking awareness by Wilson the composure yeah. by Wilson to take that touch to to like almost like pivot around that that mess of players and then to to stick it into the roof of the net beautiful absolute top tier finishing he is integral to our yeah. um, chances of staying up because nobody else on the pitch would have would have scored that.
0: anything else?
2: Oh, Almirón was say, yeah. was a lot better. Almirón was a lot better um, coming in from the right. He had a couple of opportunities. First one was a good save from Pope, and the second one it took a deflection. Both of them were going in. Both of them were, were decent finishes, and it's just on another day. So I think
1: that through uh, ball from Wilson for Almirón as well. It's the first time we've seen mm-hmm. Almiron linking up quite well. That. I like the look of that as a front three: Almiron, yeah. Wilson, and Linton, That's a proper pressing unit
0: as well. Yeah. Well, Eddie Howe was looking like he was favouring Ryan Fraser, who obviously started in the Norwich game and, through mm-hmm. no fault of his own, uh, only played ten minutes thanks to Kieran Clark. But um, still angry about that. <laughs> yeah. Still annoyed <laughs> at Kieran Clarke. It would end up. It would be end up being quite an injustice. If uh, the player who lost his place in the side thanks to that incident was not Kieran Clark, but Ryan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran Clark returns <laughs> in the next game and but Ryan Fraser's out. But I was,
2: think I think it was a that's a tactical decision because with Ryan Fraser, his talent, his ability is to put crosses into the box. And if there's one thing that the the Burnley back four are really fucking comfortable with, is dealing with crosses in the box, um, apart from Nick Pope that game.
1: It's okay. nice having a manager um, who changes the lineup based on who we're playing
0: and their weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> it's novel. Interesting. <laughs> get used to that. So uh, let's have a break now. And after the break, um, I'm sure we'll get into some of your correspondence on Twitter. And I'm sure that'll bring up some more points about the Burnley game and any games that might come in the future. See you in a moment. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike, e-bikes that are cool AF. Hello, welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Uh, It's me, your host, Fergus Craig, still here with Dave Watson and Paul Dillon and... I don't know about you guys. I don't I imagine you don't feel the same. But I I just I find it hard to get enthusiastic about podcasts after we've won. <laughs> 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 I, I just see like the, the Newcastle Natter as like just a vent to like moan about stuff. I'll often c- contrary that I am. End up moaning about Newcastle fans moaning about us being shit. But like I just like moaning. And <laughs> we've won. And I didn't see the game to be fair, but what I mean, apparently there's things to talk about. Um <laughs> Dave, apparently there was a nice piece in the athletic about Joe Linton. You wanted to talk about, was it nice? <laughs> Yeah, it was good It was speaking of how Right, fuck off, right It was good (laughs) Good Good. (laughs) Anything more specific than that? (laughs) It was was talking about how he's Taken it upon himself to
2: improve his game And he got in touch with uh, his agent Like, you know, the agency that represents him And they put him in touch with uh, Like a It's like an it's called outlier FC or something like that. And and they help players improve their game by, um, you know, dedicated analytics, dedicated um, suggestions for their coaching, you know, away from the, from the, from the the training ground and how he's come on leaps and bounds because of that extra effort he's putting on, uh, putting into the game away from the club. I just think that's, that's a real mark of his character. And I think he's, He's certainly changing my opinion of him, not just with his improved performances, but when you hear about stuff like that, this it it suggests that he's he's not just like because other other big flops is a pretty could just take the money. Yeah, other big flops could just like take money. I'm not performing that well. I don't really get on with the management. Fucking fine, I'll pick my money and go. Like like Luque is a decent example. But Joe Linton's putting in the graft. On the pitch and in the training ground, and even away from the training
1: It does feel odd to be going into games thinking, I hope Joe Linton doesn't get injured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that I was going into yeah. them before hoping he did, but
2: he well, feels he's, he's kind got, of
1: like a key player now.
2: Yeah, he's gone from one of the, the players that you'd roll your eyes at when you saw him on the team sheet and be like, oh, for fuck's sake, well, maybe everybody's injured and that's why he's playing, to now he's got to be
0: one of the first names. Well, um, Felice Flabby Dad on Twitter says, nice. given that Joe Linton is absolutely definitely destined for next season's Ballon d'Or, which former Newcastle players would you most like to see given the Eddie Howe treatment? Now, I can already see a narrative building where it's becoming Joe Linton was shit and then Eddie Howe came in and sorted him out as a player. But as a long-term defender of not Steve Bruce, but truth, uh, he did. He has been one of our better players all season, hasn't he? He's been one of our better players all season, but he has also
1: improved since Howe came in. He's sure. been played in the way he's basically Good. before. He seemed like a diesel car that we were putting unleaded in, and now but it's the, sort of he's being played where he should.
0: But the graph, uh, the graph of improvement. For Joe Linton, that the, the the upward tra- trajectory in his performances started in the reign of Steve Bruce. Who, well, who maybe it's, <laughs> didn't it start with wait, the wait, reign wait. of Graham Jones? Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it was before. Yeah. It was all season. We were like, we've been saying, I can't believe Joe Linton was actually quite good in that game. Anyway.
2: So my point on that, very quickly, is just that he started this outside of the, the training ground training and, and, and analysis in <laughs> the so summer. Funny.
0: I've just realized you all clicking for me now. It's like, It's like the Athletic. As, as, like, found a way that they can, like, quick, quick, how do we distance Steve Bruce from this story in any way possible? Give it everyone, yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, uh, what what I can take away from this, Fergus, is that you found something to be annoyed about after yes. a win. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're back in the game. Good. So, but um, I think as
1: well, it was Steve Bruce who was playing him as a lone number nine, which is baffling when you look at it. Mm-hmm.
0: Fair enough. Career. So Bedford Mag says with the shite direct signs down. Sports direct, Bedford, have some respect. <laughs> Who would you- <laughs> <laughs> Who would you like to see as a sponsor around the ground? What would you like to see? I'd <laughs> like to see Viz magazine. Biz. What about Bomb's yes. own? <laughs> yeah. what about- what about Vogue? Sven's Books. Sven's book. Books. <laughs> yeah. I was saying to Paul before we started recording, yeah, you know how the milk cup, well, you know, it used to be sponsored by milk, just like the... The substance. The, the substance, the food stuff. <laughs> the, the cow piss. <laughs> I'd
1: like us to be sponsored by rice. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah.
0: We could just we could just be sponsored by soil it would be um, that'd be fun. The rice. Bowl yeah, basically anything. <laughs> but we will probably end up being sponsored by
2: um Aramco. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Aramco. Like just just to answer that question, like I don't give a shit who we like how true as long as it's not you know, Lone Sharks are us, I don't really give a fuck.
1: I think it would be a good nod to the Saudis if it was wilkinson's sword maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am just on the i am on the uh i am in favor of being sponsored by companies that that we could use other than like I'd rather not be sponsored by a, a gambling company if i could mm. i like the days of like clubs being sponsored by like Crown paints. Yeah, compared to like Gazprom. Yeah, Gaz yeah. yeah. again?
1: Compared to like Gazprom. Like, exactly. i'm not going to nip out at half time to the shop and get some Gazprom.
0: Yeah, or like, what is it? What was Manu sponsored by? Like some AIG. AIG or whatever. I don't want yeah. to be sponsored by something like that or whatever Saudi Arabian oil company we're going to end up sponsored by. I'd like to just be sponsored by Twix. <laughs> Do you <remember> yeah.
2: <laughs> I tell you, it'd be great. Newcastle Brown Ale but Yeah,
0: sure. yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would be all right. What were Greenall's? We were sponsored by them in the 80s, weren't they? What was Greenall's? Was that a beer?
2: It was a holiday company, wasn't it, Greenall's? Because
1: it, it, was it actually, couldn't no, have been a beer a, company. I think they were a Russian gas
2: giant... <laughs> In the communist era. Is it not is it not like a, a cryptocurrency?
0: Green yeah. olds. green olds. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, God, what are we sponsored <laughs> by Bitcoin. Uh. <laughs> oh, that'd be awful. Okay. Um what else? Anything else to talk about? Anything oh Dave, you said that um Here's something to get terrifically excited about. <laughs> something, something, something to do with a freaking recruitment company. What is it? What is um, it? <laughs> uh, Newcastle United <laughs> hot, hot news for football fans. A recruitment company has been hired. What is it? Hey, Tell do me. You, do you
1: feel like we've gone to meet our girlfriend's dad for the first time and he's a cunt?
0: <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting from <laughs> Fergus. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty
2: much, yeah. Do, do, do you want to know?
0: Do you want to know? Well, I'm sure our listeners are on to hooks. Tell us <laughs> about the recruitment company. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Newcastle United have employed a recruitment company to try and accelerate their. Um, appointment of a director of football or a transfer director or whatever they call it.
1: When it, sorry, um, when it comes to editing, do you want me to put some fireworks over that?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is this is, this is an good example news. of the <laughs> fucking minutiae of football fandom. Now, you, but I, th- <laughs> th- I think it they, speaks to something something more abstract, which is, I think is in,
2: important. Which is that these these new owners have. In this, it's a tacit admission that they don't know what they're doing, so have given it to people who do. And I think that's that's better than
0: depends on the recruitment company, there.
2: Sure, sure, but it, if it's it's, it's, if better it's better the one that I the used to... <laughs> yes,
0: it's in the early 90s.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could be read.
2: Yeah, it's just, they just they just put something on LinkedIn. That's it. That's I just it. hope
1: they fax their timesheets over in time on a Friday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, it's. I think it's important that they've. You know, it's a tacit admission that we need somebody who knows what they're doing to do this, and they've handed it over to. Uh, they've outsourced it, which I'd much prefer that than them bumble along in arrogance and, and ignorance and appoint a director of football like Dennis Wise.
1: I think the downside to that news, though, is it means we're going into our most important transfer window with a team of people in charge of transfers who, by their actions, have admitted they don't know what they're doing. That's, I I th- we're I not going to have a director of football before then.
0: Come on, Paul. Th- did you tell me you're not excited about the recruitment company getting involved? <laughs> <for> fuck off. <laughs>
2: Honestly, she's not worth it. Your
0: daughter is not worth this bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. So like, it's we just the day to day. Like it's it's you know it's like with everything. It's because of there has there's a constant drip drip need for information to get excited about. So basically, the athletic and the Chronicle have a desire mm. to constantly give us things to get excited about, and it's at the level now where we're like oh, there's a recruitment company being hired. <laughs> I mean, in our defence, we could have talked
1: about our first win and clean sheet of the season for longer, but you didn't see it because you were swanted around the de Lafayette
2: <laughs> when I was at a pottery class. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing to mention is that the, uh, the company that bought Strawberry Place beside the stadium has gone into administration. So we could talk about that if you like. Sure, sure. <laughs> Are
0: um, are we a town hall (laughs) podcast now?
2: (laughs) We don't have the authority.
0: Can you just give me a rundown of what the top five estate agents in the Newcastle area are at the moment? (laughs) And how that might affect the club. (laughs) uh, Right, what else? I'm just going to search through here to see if there are any questions about football. Um, One Up Gaming says... I think with the players we have, we should still scrap 17th at worst, but with some smart loan signings, we could stay up easily, then build for next season. I think we will get three in three or four players in. What do you guys think? And there's, um, sorry if I don't name you, but you know, there's a, a few questions, which uh, perfectly reasonably uh, is the common theme at the moment. Who do you think we'll buy? Who do you think we should be buying? Any other names popping up. We've mentioned um, what's his name, Seymour Butts. What's his name? <laughs> ben Botman. Yeah. <laughs> else?
1: there was an article. Was it Craig Hope in the Daily Mail was saying the the list that I think a few fans have found underwhelming of some of the targets we're apparently after. So there was the the former Bristol left back who Howe signed for Bournemouth someone Lloyd or Lloyd somebody.
2: Well, okay. Lloyd Samuel?
1: Might be. Not J Lloyd Samuel.
2: No. <laughs> okay. I... Right. Well, he sounds good. Anyone else? <laughs> well, there's Kieran Tripp that, that right. rumor's Yeah, That rumour's not going away. You've good. got uh, Tarkovsky and Ben Mee. There's rumours that we are willing to double their salary, but who the fuck knows. You've got Sven Botman and uh, Jesse Lingard is if you were to believe the reports in the paper, we'll offer them 200 grand a week to come and join us. Um, there are a couple of strikers that we've been linked with, but um, n- none of them are like really well known or are like, I don't know that they're, they're doing it in a league that's inferior to the premier league. So there's always the Afonso Alves risk that, you know, they're not going to make the step up. Um, and given that we don't have anybody in place yet who is in charge of transfers, we don't really know. Like, who is it going to be? Eddie Howe sorting it out? If it is, then I
0: think from the way he's been talking, he said he's concentrating on the players that he has. And I feel like I'm sure he's got some say in it, but I feel like he's sort of uh, allowing other people to decide on who we get transferred in. I'm sure he's given some kind of idea on the sort of players that he wants. Here's a question about Jesse Lingard, because, you know, he did great at West Ham. He's obviously a player who has a lot of talent and has sort of, what's the word, resurrected his career last season. Mm. Is he the sort of player we need or is he more of a case of, because I would say he, although I assume he would walk into the first team I'd say he actually sort of plays in the strongest position we have. Yeah. Is, is, he, is he more of a player who um, is a sort of like a statement signing? Mm. Yeah, I think in terms of where we need to
1: strengthen, that's sort of the least urgent where he plays. Yeah. the same, like PSG have said, they're willing to loan out One Aldom, And apparently Arsenal are interested and we're interested, but... He could come and relegate us again, <laughs> but I think we we need a right back, we need a centre back, and we need a centre midfielder, and we need backup for Callum Wilson. I mm. think
0: I I'd think love if we Gini get Wijnaldum, though and back, but then
2: Wijnaldum's not the. Type of central midfielder that we really need, which is like the the destroyer, the breaker up, the the person who like wins the ball back and then plays the simple pass. That's the kind of midfielder that we're really crying out for. How many is, of them are there? Oh, well, there are, but not at the level that we need. There's plenty yeah. of plenty of like Michael Tong, Lee Catamol types out there who are a bag of bollocks, but put a shift in. Um, yeah. We need we need someone decent in that area. I think that that, that um there's a Bubakar Sumar, Sumar. Um, he's still on the radar. There's there's a couple of them out there. Um, but whether or not they'd be interested in coming to a club who's currently in the relegation zone, whether they'd be interested in coming to a club where their position is, you know, it's not. You know, they they really want to be in the Champions League or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to depend where we are in the league.
0: I just hope Um, we don't end up signing people on loan who, I'm sure we won't be aiming to do so, but like when Bentaleb came in, there was sort of like, I think we were all with hope making an argument in our heads about how he could be really good for us.
1: I think think the type of players we'll be looking at on loan are the ones that would disrupt the squad too much if we signed them permanently because they'd be on sort of 50 grand a week more than our highest earners. I think it... Mm. I think loans are going to be our best option. You've suddenly got I keep going about Aaron Ramsey, but there's that level of player who you can loan who can make a difference to the first team, and it's not going
0: to
1: completely imbalance the squad. I said
0: it mm. before. I would love Christian Pulisic.
2: Yeah, but if, if if we can take a few players on loan who, um, at the very least, provide uh, competition for. Almirón, Saint Maximum, Joe Linton, Callum Wilson, for those because the way that Eddie Howe plays, it is quite high energy, and certainly Wilson and Saint Maxim got a history of picking up knocks and picking up injuries, and they might only be out for a game or two. But we need to, you know, we need to be able to compete in most of our games now. So, yeah. you know, if you pull in like Jesse Lingard and you play him like two games, and then you play Almirón for a couple of games, and then you play like that's fine if it's on loan, but not
0: permanent. So before we talk about our next uh, match, which is against Leicester, which um, currently in my weekend plans, I'm expecting to miss because I'm going to be taking my son to see Clifford, the big red fucking dog, (laughs) um, which is its full title. Um... (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give, give you a question from Thomas Birkin, just because it's a little bit provocative, gets the people going. He says, "Do you think Rafa Benitez is the most overrated manager in world football?" I'll throw that to you, Dave. Your face is already contorted in <laughs> rage.
2: <laughs> no, he's no Jose Mourinho is is Rafa Benitez is overrated? I think. In some sectors, definitely. I think some some people have deified him. There are plenty of issues with his style of football. I don't think he's... I don't think Everton's problems are solely his fault. I think there's been something rotten in the state of Denmark for a while. And I think that he's, he's not got the fans on side, which is always difficult for anybody like Steve Bruce, your your paragon. Uh, found out it's it's just not working out from there. But I don't think he's I don't think he's overrated. He's one of the most trophied managers on the planet. So well, Everton you know, are a bit of a mess, aren't
0: they? And maybe yeah. you're right. I mean, he is he is overrated by some Newcastle fans.
2: I feel like yeah.
1: I'm going to reserve um, yeah. judgment to the end of this season on it because he's. I do think there is a chance he's sort of reached the end of his journey. It happens to all top managers. They reach a point where the game's evolved beyond them. But then Everton have had such bad injury problems. And you look at their best players, it's been the ones that he's signed for next to nothing who've made an immediate impact, which suggests at least good acumen in the transfer market.
0: I think if he wants to keep managing because he's obsessed with football, and fair enough, I can see him sort of evolving into rather than... Or maybe he has actually already evolved into that. Like, rather than a manager who used to manage top clubs in the same way that Roy Hodgson did. He basically had this, a similar career trajectory to Roy Hodgson, but although perhaps with some higher highs earlier on in the career, but then just becomes a manager who sort of helps people out with relegation paths. Well. Yeah.
1: But I think as well, there's a feeling at the moment that to be a good manager, you have to play a sort of a German high press. And mm. I would say you look at David Moyes versus Ralph Hasenhuettel. I know who I'd rather have in charge. It's not you don't have to be a high pressing team to be a good manager. I think it's just he's not a fashionable manager at the moment. But I think no. his teams as well always perform better second half of the season. We found that with him. We always started badly. So I think reserve judgment on Everton until they've got at least some of
0: their key players back. And I was wondering if we're destined to see a, a return. A long ball because, like, you know, like high press was sort of um, brought into this. Is my very rudimentary understanding of it that it sort of became the uh, the sort of like the antidote to tiki taka, and then it, it might become in the future a people will find that a way to beat the high press is just just to fucking lump it past them.
2: Well, if you look at Liverpool currently, they are the most accurate long ball side around. They're they're really successful at playing really direct football to um, Salah and Mane um, to, to get on the end of it. And I mean, it's not lumping it to a big man, but it is like a long pass. Up the pitch to 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 try and get a, a goal early door. So I I don't doubt that we could see a return to more direct football. I just don't think it'll be long ball, which is the you know Burnley Allardyce that style of long ball.
1: I think in some ways we kind of play that way at the minute because we've not got the type of midfielder who can carry the ball from defence to attack. We've got Shelby playing like he did sometimes. Under Bruce, almost in front of the centre backs, pinging long balls. They just, they seem to be a lot, a lot more direct now, and they're not as aimless as they were before. And it is helping mm. us transition quite quickly. I don't think it's a, a bad system to play necessarily.
2: No, because so, you've got options up there. Sorry, very quickly, Fergus, Because because we're playing like with a front three now. You've got a, he's got a few options, and whichever option he picks isn't completely surrounded by two or three of the defenders, as Joe Linton was, because he was being played as a target man rather than a wide forward.
0: Okay, so let's go into predictions for uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. (laughs) I think he's going to be red. I think he's going to be big. He's going to be big. My son asked me, how big is Clifford the Big Red Dog? I actually don't know. How big is he? I said, maybe he's bigger as a house. How big is he? Predictions? How about? Is <laughs> <laughs> so big as a house? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our next game is against Leicester on Sunday. I think it's on Sky. Um, where is it? Is it a home game or? It's away? an away game. But Leicester. God.
1: Leicester <laughs> are playing away in Europe on Thursday night.
0: Oh yeah, and isn't there like? There's there's. There's talk of there being some COVID in the Leicester camp, so maybe it'll get postponed anyway.
1: Well, I don't know. It's a a tricky one because Leicester have said there's seven players they've not taken to their European game because of a mixture of illness and COVID. So it's unclear how many of them have COVID.
0: They're not on great form, are they, Leicester?
1: No, they won Hmm. their last game. Before that, they've been pretty, I mean... Better than us in Everton, but not many others.
0: So, um, it's a way, but we've just got our first win of the season. I mean, they have just had a victory, but come on, Paul, give me a prediction. I think it's going to be one all. Dog. Go on. One all. One all. Okay, Dave? Not a classic, one all. One all. Okay, I'll go for 2-2. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll we'll get a point. I'd, be, I'd like to think we can maintain some momentum. I think if we
1: win, oh. we can go out of the bottom three this weekend, which would be considering all yeah. the doom and gloom talk of like we're down.
2: We've, yeah, it's only it's only really um, Watford who've got what you'd put on paper is like a winnable game, and they're away to Brentford, and Brentford are. Doing quite well, and Watford are in pretty bad form. Everybody else has got like, um, like Manu, like Leeds have got Chelsea, and Leeds are battered by injury. Um, Norwich have got, and um, like Burnley have got Manu. I can't remember who Norwich have got, but I don't think it fucking matters. Um, so, it, it is possible if we beat Leicester and Watford lose. I think there's got to be a three goal swing, but it, it's possible we, we could get out of the bottom three. The, the big thing for us is just building a bit more, you know, momentum and staying in touch. And one thing I wanted to mention is we're at Cambridge in the FA Cup third round. I oh, haven't yeah. seen them since nineteen ninety two.
0: Right. Okay, FA Cup third round. Are we at home or away? Home.
2: You fancy that?
0: Yeah. Hope so. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that close to the time. But in the meantime. Thank you very much to Dave Watson. Cheers, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. And thank you to Steve Bruce and you, the Newcastle (laughs) 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 Nitolith. Are you okay, Fergus? Yeah. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co. Dot .uk
2: Sports Social Podcast Network